the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. We are into hour two on Monday, my favorite day of the week. Not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. Some people would rather uh, be uh, be uh, that they would want uh, weekends to be a three day event. What was there's a meme that goes around that says, "I need a day between Sunday and Monday." <laughs> I think that describes skins, right? Um, it is uh, time for uh, Monday's Means Maloney, right? At least that's what I'm hoping to make happen here. Brian Maloney, that is. My dear friend, my good buddy, Brian Maloney, and he joins us now. Hi, honey. Hey, hey, you you like Mondays. You're the only person I know. <laughs> well, that's because I love what I do. I love getting to come in here and chat with everybody and uh, just, you know, it, it's just a super fun time for me. I meant to, I didn't mention last hour. I might as well mention it while I'm here with you and Skins in, at the top of the hour. Um, there is a, and I'm sure you saw the reports today, there's a submarine that does tourist trips down to the Titanic, yeah, that went missing today with yeah, I saw it. with five people aboard. Now, as a few hours ago, they had sixty hours of air left. The Coast Guard is looking for them. They started out doing like uh, the BP. I can't. I don't know coast language, um, but they're doing a surface and a sonar thing first uh, because there is sixty hours left. Trying to locate them, uh, they're searching nine hundred miles east of where you are, Cape Cod area, and um, that's really scary. Yeah, I, you know, I never even thought about how close I was to the Titanic wreck until <laughs> somebody said that. And I'm like, whoa, I, I never really thought about that being nearby here. But um, the th- so what I saw was that it was a, uh, what I saw was that it was a uh, line attached to a boat. So this was a submersible, not a submarine. So, yeah. um, so what I want to know is how that got detached from the boat. I mean, that couldn't have been easy. So... Yeah, the, the whole thing is really strange. And then the whole thing was dependent on Starlink um, Internet or something. That was how they were doing their GPS or whatever. So that failed, I guess. I, I mean, the whole thing's a nightmare. But I didn't know there were tourists that would go yeah. to the bottom of the ocean to see the Titanic. I mean, it's 12,000 feet down. How could you send people down there? Two hundred and fifty thousand, and two. It costs two hundred fifty thousand dollars to do that. By the way, yeah, yeah, it's a four day adventure, and I think there's like a Russian billionaire on there right now. Um, and it's four days. It gets equipped with ninety six hours of air. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the movie was boring enough. I can't imagine spinning that kind of dough to <laughs> go down to the boring movie. Oh, my that gosh, it was terrible. Was uh, you yeah. know, I could go on and on about how ridiculous that was. Obviously, a man wrote it. No woman would hold on to a jewel worth twenty five million dollars, be poor her whole life. <laughs> hold on to that jewel only then to toss it off the end of the boat. You know, Pass no, yeah, of Pass course, you're going to hawk that sucker the second you get back on dry land. Bye, Jack. Anyway, <laughs> Skid oh, says boy. he would pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars to if go. If I on had this. the money, I would go, Brian. I think that's insane. Would you do it, Brian? I, I just, you wouldn't. I mean, that kind of depth. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? I like right? exploration I mean, and history way too much. Um, no. you know, I, I mean, uh, I'm a, I used to be a certified scuba diver. I'd have to be recertified oh, really? at this point. It's oh. been so long since I dove. Yeah. Um, but you get past a certain point and there's just not enough to see to be worth your life. And, you know, in fact, I, I didn't, you know, I stopped diving because I get as much, if not more enjoyment, you know, snorkeling than I do mm-hmm. dealing with a wetsuit going down, you know, to depth. So it wouldn't be anything I'd be interested in. It's okay, and Bob Walters will go with me. He would. He Bob Walters would because Bob Walters would also spend 250K and go up into space. And I wouldn't do that either. Hashtag challenger. Okay. No, the whole going up into space for 10 seconds thing, I don't think it's worth the money either. So these people can have their, uh, you know... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they can have their fun. I mean, you know, yeah. My fun will consist in maybe, you know, my bucket list is the Maldives, okay? It's not going down Mm -hmm. underneath the water 12,000 feet in a bucket, okay, with a tied tied to a tube. No. Okay, so um, happy Juneteenth. Oh, oh, yes, right, right. Okay, so... I get up this morning and immediately Charlie Kirk is already trending because he dared. He dared to say, Brian Maloney, that people go to work. He said, you should be working today instead of celebrating some CRT created um, justification to try to replace July 4th. Your response? Well, I think that, you know, he has a good point there. And I guess he's getting... uh, pounded over it a little bit, but I mean, it's also getting a lot of praise. You know, I'm always, okay, when one of these influencers is willing to stick their neck out a little bit, I'm all for that because a lot of these guys are really playing it safe these days, mm-hmm. uh, hiding behind their think tanks and their cushy jobs. So, you know, this guy stuck his neck out. I haven't seen anybody do that in a while. Um, so, you know, there's that. But I mean, the bottom line here is this is a holiday that most Americans are scratching their heads over. Who have, they have no idea what it is and what it means and why it was imposed on the American people without a debate, not mm-hmm. a discussion, without a history lesson, without anything that would go with that. And it was all done in the moments after uh, in the aftermath of the George Floyd thing. It's a highly politicized holiday. Uh, and when you read into the history of why it exists in the first place, you know, the history is kind of fuzzy, too, because it does not. It does not relate to the date that slaves were emancipated. That occurred two and a half years earlier. So all it really corresponds to is the date that a letter was sent from the apparently a union, uh, whoever the union person was who was sent to administer Texas after the Civil War, wrote a letter saying, and by the way, do you all know, do you all know that, you know, slavery was abolished a while back? Um, and that, that's the core of this thing. So, I mean, why we would have a national holiday, it just seems 
unnecessarily divisive. But let me tell you, Andrea, what this really is. The Juneteenth holiday is just an excuse for mostly white workers, by the way, in the federal government to have another day off. That's all it really is. About 80, I think 80% or a little more than that of, of federal workers are white. They're the ones getting the day off for the most part. So, you know, and, you know, we were talking about, you mentioned, you know, East Coast a little bit ago there. Um, you know, Boston is the capital, by the way, of fake holidays. So these things come from <laughs> capital <laughs> fake holidays. From the northeast. <laughs> no, Boston has no Boston has holidays that people in other parts of the country just scratch their heads at because they can't believe it's a holiday. Like so, the government workers they get Bunker Hill Day off every year. That's an official holiday in Boston and Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay, then they have another one called Evacuation Day, which is really just a fake holiday so that you can get St. Patrick's Day off. And so the evacuation day always falls on St. Patrick's Day. I've never heard so, of evacuation yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, we have Mardi Gras in New Orleans. We have Mardi Gras in New Orleans, yeah, but I'm I mean. Talking these are, these schools close in Boston for these. These are actual government holidays where kids don't go to school. And of course, there's Patriot's Day, which you may have heard of, where they have the Boston Marathon. So there's all the, you know, there are all these holidays in that people in the rest of the country are like, you know, so I guess it's in the spirit of that. When I thought about this, I thought, you know, they're going to keep making up holidays until the the federal government has 30 of them. Well, I think, well, let me, let me interject because I actually think that there is, um, I think that Charlie Kirk is right, that this is about trying to place, replace July 4th. He says at one point today, um, let me go back to that. He says, if Juneteenth was really about emancipation, why not September 22nd, 1862, when Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation? Or on January 1, 1863, when the proclamation took effect? Or December 18th, 1865, with the ratification of the 13th Amendment? Because it's not about emancipation, which was one of America's great moral achievements. It's about creating a summertime race-based competitor two weeks before July 4th, which should be the most unifying civic holiday on the calendar. And I agree with him. Somebody said, a guy named Damien Felder, I don't even remember uh, how I follow him, um, said this today. Hang on. He said, a friendly reminder, and he's African-American, friendly reminder that Juneteenth only exists because white Union soldiers had to go to Galveston, Texas, two and a half years after Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation to enforce freedom for slaves because Democrat slave owners wouldn't have freed them otherwise. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that that's a lot more detail than I was providing there off the cuff a minute ago. But that's absolutely correct. So, you know, I think what we really need to do is look into how this became a federal holiday with no debate, with no discussion in the aftermath of George Floyd. And rewarded, which say, rewarded yeah. the other day. Right. Well, and, and what was going on after George Floyd? They burned down the city of Minneapolis, entire blocks of it. I saw videos of white business owners literally being hit in the head with two by fours. So let's reward Black Lives Matter and that wave of terror. Let's reward them. And, and George Floyd, who got six funerals, you couldn't go and visit your family members. I I have, you know, um, I don't need to make it be about me, but nobody could go could go have a funeral for their loved one. But George Floyd got what six in a, in a gold, you know, a yeah, plated a casket. casket. Yeah. 
cruising down the streets and they gave and they rewarded Black Lives Matter with Juneteenth. Here's what it's about. And it's never going to be enough because you can never pay a ransom or pay off a blackmailer and have it in there. Here's Eugene Robinson. I want to play this clip and get your reaction. Eugene Robinson. And and I think this absolutely backs up what Charlie Kirk Kirk says this day is, is really meant to do and why they wanted this day. Clip seven. Let's take a look at a poll taken entirely after the indictment was announced. Sorry, wrong clip. Here's clip seven. And I, I want to, you know, Eugene, uh, I was thinking what, what Antonio was talking about, about, you know, like 1964, 1965, you know, the Voting Rights and the Civil Rights Act. There, There's so much about that that Americans don't even know how a hundred years later, you know, there was these important times in our history that are, are just ignored. How can what? you how can you ignore that part of our history? Uh, well, you can't. Jose, I'm not sure we have a very good connection. <laughs> I think oh, I'm, I'm sorry. frozen. Um, uh, so maybe we should try again. But um, uh, it's uh, you can't ignore it. It's a part of our history. It's American history. It's not black American history. It's American history. Uh, it, it's your history as well as mine. And that's the that's the. The, the central thing about Juneteenth. It's our second Independence Day. Uh, and um, uh, we should all, I think, as a nation, uh, celebrate it as such. It, it is the, the, the day we mark uh, the second founding of the United States. The second founding of the United States. Brian yeah, Maloney. I mean, no, I mean, that, that's completely ridiculous, obviously. I mean, you know, so I think what you're, what you're getting at and where I agree is that every holiday that we get from this point forward will be politically divisive rather than politically unifying. And that's the distinction. So all of these holidays that we want, because there'll be 20 more of these, uh, and there'll be things you haven't even known about yet. Yeah. Uh, and every one of these will be about bringing people to the polls on election day for one political party. And we know which party that is. So all of this is about dividing and conquering America. Mm -hmm. uh, And none of it is about bringing us together. But I would add to this that I would be willing to bet that 90% of Americans have no idea why today was a holiday and are completely baffled by it because there was so little discussion. There was so little information provided before this became law that I, I think many people just scratch their heads. I, I don't think people have any clue why this is a holiday. Well, they don't. And there was no explanation. And, you know, I grew up in the Deep South. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing about slavery and the history of slavery and studying about slavery. That, Juneteenth was never mentioned. And, and the reason is because just because one state, by the way, which was not the Deep South, refused to cough up their slaves and they had to be they had to get a visit two and a half years later does not mean that marks the official end the official end was before they just wouldn't give into it well it's specific to texas and i think that's what that's what i think has bothered me the most about this is that it's not an event that had national significance you know it almost reminds me of you know, how Cinco de Mayo isn't really a, a Mexican Independence Day. It's really just a day to sell beer. It's like a minor date on the calendar in Mexico, you know, and that's kind of what you have with Juneteenth here, a very, very minor date, but that somehow through universities and, you know, the one I went to, University of California campus I went to, um, they were pushing this stuff 30 years ago. I remember it from the time, but I never in my wildest dreams thought they would turn it into a federal holiday. 
So they, they, you know, the left has these plans and they sit on them for 30 years, uh, yeah. you know, and then they dusted it off when George Floyd died uh, and they had it ready <laughs> they to dusted go. The it off. They always have these things ready to go. You're right. They do. That's such a great way to put it. They were thinking about this for 30 years and holding on to it and they dusted it off after George Floyd died. They're such incredible opportunists, right? Rahm Emanuel said, let no crisis go to waste. Can you hold over? Sure, yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. we come back. Uh, more with uh, Maloney on this Monday. And I'm watching the Juneteenth celebration on CNN, and I'm not quite sure why Nelly singing Where to Party At has anything to do <laughs> with anything of national significance. But, you know, there it is. Stay tuned. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Congratulations to La Vista. Y'all got a Raging Cane's coming your way. Some yummy fried chicken from my peeps out in, uh, by way of Opelousas, Louisiana. Have you ever had, have you ever had the, the Raising Cane's um, chicken? They've got one up, uh, I think it's off the El Toro exit, Skins. Yeah, there's one that's like uh, near, uh, near like National City area. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was one in National City. I thought I thought this was like groundbreaking or raising canes coming to Chula Vista. Speaking of yummy fried chicken, we've got Brian Maloney with me. Mondays with Maloney. Um, okay, um, that reminds me of Baloney. So before we move off of Juneteenth, I've got to I've got to get Brian Maloney from Stop the Scalpings, Red Wave America, uh, media expert. I've got to get his reaction to the White House spokesperson Karine Jean Pierre referring to herself. This is going to warm your heart. Brian. This is going to. He might have already heard this because Brian. No. Yeah. Okay. I, I've got to get your reaction to this heartwarming sentiment here. Clip three. A year in this role, there's been a couple of things that I that has made me incredibly proud. Many things, many things that made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure, and I certainly walk in history every day. But this is also a historic making administration because of this president. <laughs> She's a historic figure. Are, is, is is Mattel going to come out with a KGP mop head doll? Is that what's next? Well, so so <laughs> I, I will tell you that she obviously studied at the University of Kamala Harris Word Salad <laughs> Campus uh, because that that is exactly how Kamala Harris talks. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. is exactly the same with this with this mm. Word Salad. Silliness! What is it with these people in in the Democrat Party that that talking just riddles? I I don't understand this gibberish talk and what it gets them. I don't know, but I absolutely think she is the worst White House press secretary we have ever had in the history of this country, and she hasn't gotten one bit better. And everyone in the media knows it; they're not allowed to say it. But the, I mean, she. But I think she's there on purpose. She's well, she's so a bad. diversity hire. Oh, you think she's well, there to? She's so bad that she's good because, I mean, you're never going to get real information out of her because she doesn't have any. So in a way, she's doing her job flawlessly and brilliantly by being so stupid. 
Uh, you know, you don't want a smart person in there who might accidentally, no, uh, you know, give away some details. I mean, the person is there to make sure that the media gets no information, period. It's like, well, it's it's like the Bill Murray. She's like the Bill Murray character. from. It's like trying to, to discuss something with a Bill Murray character from Caddyshack. The guy who went and chased the gophers. I, I was mean, just watching that <laughs> today. That's so weird you bring that up. You know, he improvised all of that. That whole movie no. was improvised. No, I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, so there was a script for Caddyshack, but they had so many talented people, uh, and they they just all started ad-libbing everything, and the whole movie ended up being improvised. And Bill Murray in particular, there wasn't a (laughs) a script for him at all. I don't know what made me think Kareem Jean-Pierre and Bill Murray's character from Caddyshack. Bill Murray in that that movie is just... You know, babbling coherently it's about, about the masters uh, in Augusta, and it's gibberish. It. Exactly, yeah. it's just complete gibberish. And by the way, on a serious tip, I don't think of somebody being a historic character um, because of who she chooses to sleep with in connection to her job. Oh, she's the first black lesbian. To have, so what? That doesn't mean it make you important in history. I think of somebody being a historical figure because of an accomplishment. Okay, somebody who's actually like an inventor, right? Or somebody you know who you know went and saved some drowning kids, or just you know what I mean. I mean an actual hi- historical figure. Not yeah. you know. I mean, but this is where we're at. This is where I, what identity politics gets you, right? It gets you to well, where. That's it. Yeah, I mean that's a, it, what it, now your accomplishment is because you've got hired because of your skin color or because of who you have sex with. It's just completely ridiculous. Oh, and by the way, Nellie is now singing It's Getting Hot in Here. Take Let's take off all our clothes on the Juneteenth celebration because nothing says celebrating the end of slavery like Nellie singing It's Getting Hot in Here. Great song, by the way, um, but it's just absolutely silly. Okay, so um, let's get into some serious politics. A delegate, Stacy Plaskett, said today was it was it a freudian slip brian maloney or did she mean it when she said donald trump needs to be shot clip eight yeah hang having, on a second i want to play the clip for the listeners having trump not only have had the codes but now having the classified information for americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all americans mm-hmm. and he needs to be shot stopped Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you need the Secret Service to intervene on that one. And I'd never heard of this woman before, Andrea, today, but apparently she's the delegate for the, uh, she's a congressional delegate, a non-voting member of the House of Representatives from the Virgin Islands. Uh, and she has a history of threatening people uh, with very, very nasty words. Um, she's done this in, inside Congress, too. I hadn't been following her at all, but I'm going to start paying attention to her very closely now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly, I mean, she just said that, you know, that he should be shot. I mean, that's a very, very serious thing. And I guess they tried to backtrack on that. They did something where they tried to, I think they realized pretty quickly the hot water they were getting themselves into there. Well, yeah. And my guess is, I think her slip was showing. I think that, I think it's, I think what happened, and this may sound like a stretch, but I think that she has said that repeatedly to other people. And then it pops out because she, you know, she, she wasn't able to censor that out. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, I do. You know, you're in the heat of the moment in a TV hit. 
And, you know, and you start saying things, I mean, that... And what you really think pops out. I mean, I've been there before. I've been there before, and it's why, you know, my true conservatism came out on some outlets that didn't really want that. And, uh, you know, I would never say that somebody needed to be shot, but, um, I mean, she clearly... Well, if you did, if you ever did say that about a Democrat, uh, you would be suddenly uh, a household word across this country, Andrea, and and then abruptly canceled. Um, you know, we would never hear the end of it if you did that. So well, right. you know, I think that's the distinction here. Well, first of all, I would never call for that. some. Yeah. First of all, I, I don't believe that I would never call for anybody to be. be well, that's me, not true. That's not true. I mean, you know, anybody that would would, uh, you know, harm a child in, in certain ways. Okay, I, you all know, right, I'm all right. for that. I, I'm all for for yep. them being shot after they've gotten sliced up with a rusty knife and have their hoo-hahs cut off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, speaking of which, I, you know, I don't know if you heard this story but somebody that murdered a couple of people including i think it was a seven-year-old child after being raped was finally put to death in florida in the state of florida and the aclu tweeted out that if this person had gotten the the transgender whatever that they needed when they were a kid you know that this person shouldn't have been put to death because it was a transgender basically they never got the care that it needed that was that was absolutely appalling and despicable well, yeah, and I saw that tweet, too. And the thing is, the ACLU got a lot of uh, backlash over that tweet because it was so incredibly absurd. And it doesn't even really look like that person was in any way transgendered other than, you know, switching pronouns. So, uh, honestly, I think that, you know, you're talking about a desperate movement of people here yeah. on the left who are resorting to these things. Yeah, I, I think that what's actually happening here is that the left is losing a lot of battles now mm. because they have outed themselves as absurd extremists uh, and people are actually seeing it for what it is. You know, the left got away with a lot of this for a long time because they hid what they really stood for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew what they stood for, you know, ages ago because I was a college student among these people when they were in college and I knew although they've gone way further out off the deep end than they were back then. But, I mean, this, you know, they used to keep this stuff quiet, and now they don't. And when they do express these kinds of views, you know, 95% of the, of the population just scratches their heads or just shakes their head in disbelief mm-hmm. because it's it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, and, and, and on Juneteenth today, the Human Rights Council or whatever they are, HRC tweeted out, you know, that, you know, this, this is about, uh, this is... Um, can't remember what their tweet was today. I should look it up. But basically, they tried to hijack Juneteenth by saying that they're, that uh, African Americans are still not really free. This is still because of LBGTQA plus, and so this is an ongoing, you know, fight to end oppression. And so it's just they're, um, you know. Uh, the, this is a movement that is just it, it, Sean Davis from the Federalist retweeted and said, you know, you narcissistic, you know, weirdos, you know, um, you know, or just, you know, can't let any. It has to always be about you narcissistic weirdos. I think he retweeted. Yeah, that's, that's about money, Andrew. They have to keep their movement going so that they can keep getting more donations and government right. grants and everything else. I mean, if if they ever declare victory in any of these things, then the money flow stops. It's always right. about money. Always. All right. Thank you for being here. I put you through it. I think I've covered like, what, five topics with Maloney here. He needs to go eat some fried chicken and protein up (laughs) is what he needs to do. All right, dear friend. Thank you for being here. Tell everybody on Twitter you're at S Uh, Scalpings. S 
scalpings. I know it's weird. S, so it's at S S C A L P I N G S, and you can find me there. So, all right. Thank you for being here tonight. Take it you easy. Bet. All right. All right, stay tuned. Um, we're going to get into the rent-a-womb uh, part, portion of tonight's Andrea K. show when surrogacy has just really gone too far. Stay tuned. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. show. I'm actually kind of grooving on this uh, CNN Juneteenth special up there. They've play- got lots of uh, people that I enjoy. Do you know who Charlie Wilson is? He was the lead singer of The Gap Man. Who remembers that song, Outstanding? That's one of my favorite all-time songs. When DJ uh, Jalapeno fills in, he always plays me some of my jams. FYI skins. No comment That's there? good for him. <laughs> Don't maybe have to sing a little bit of Outstanding. Outstanding. Girl, you knock me out. Excited. Makes me want to shout. Girl, you looking sweeter now. You got it every day. Get him out of here. <laughs> All right. Um. The idea of surrogacy came about many years ago, and the idea is a really sweet one, it was, right? You know, somebody, girl can't, you know, her eggs are perfectly fine or whatever, or she, you know, she's infertile and sister's willing to carry, uh, donate her egg with, you know, her sister's, you know, and carry a baby for her sister and brother-in-law. And now, you know, um, like so much of technology, when it gets in the wrong hands or something starts out with a good idea or good intention and then it gets taken it taken advantage of and abused and i think that's where we're at in in the surrogacy surrogacy movement and it's not lost on me that women that the very party that's you know accuses um the republic you know the democrats accuse the republican party of waging a war on women when everything that the democrats are about right now is seeking to destroy womanhood whether it's through transgenderism whether it's biological males competing against young women in sports denying them of their dreams and oh my gosh the leopard shark invasion at la jolla shores just caught my eye wow it's like an infestation do not go swimming at La Jolla Shores. I'm just going to tell you all that. Anyway, refocus. Eyes down. So, um, wow, some things can't be unseen. Anyway, um, so, you know, young girls, their their athletic careers being destroyed, loss of scholarships. They make it into college on a scholarship. Then they can't win. Um, it can't go on to the, you know, they, then they're robbed of, you know, future potential in terms of, of Olympics, maybe brand sponsorships. Another way in which women are, are being minimized and degraded and canceled is through treating women as though they're just, um, you know, um, oh, and another thing the left likes to say about women is, you know, stay out of my body, my, you know, my, my, um, stay out of my ovaries. What is it that, that they used to have some clever thing that they would say? Um, but you know, the, here's the left really waging a war on women. I can't think of a way that's more demeaning and degrading to women than to treat their ability to have children in such a callous transactional, 
it's 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 like it, it's it's like prostitution. What's the difference really when you've got gay gay couples wanting to rent room, wombs and then in the case of this Pasadena couple, a gay couple in Pasadena hired a surrogate in 2021. They wanted a baby boy. They went to this uh, HRC clinic, got some in vitro fertilization done. The baby ended up being a baby girl, and now they're suing the clinic that performed the in vitro. The plaintiffs are Albert and Anthony Saniger, and they allege that their doctor, Dr. Bradford Cobb, committed breach of contract, medical malpractice, negligence, fraudulent concealment, and violation of unfair competition law in the Consumer uh, Legal Remedies Act. This is not a situation to where I personally know somebody whose wife, it's a guy I used to work with who's passed away. His wife, who was a nurse, was pregnant, perfectly healthy pregnancy, goes into the hospital. They end up performing an emergency hysterectomy on her, uh, it, it, uh, performing an emergency C-section. What they ended up doing because they accidentally killed the baby in the course of doing a normal cesarean, then in order to cover up that they just flat out killed a perfectly healthy baby, cut in too deep and basically killed the baby in the course of doing a cesarean, then um, in order to cover it up, they did. They told her that it was a fertility issue, did an emergency hysterectomy rendering her infertile. And then they altered the medical records. True story. That's the kind of thing you sue over. This is what happens when you destroy the sanctity of life. You remove God from society. You diminish, diminish God. And I don't know that I'm articulating it very well, what I'm trying to say here. But once we allowed for abortion in this country... And made and made it as though we, we removed not just God from society, we removed the preciousness of, of life. Nothing is nothing is of value anymore. Women are just a commodity. The wombs are just a commodity. Babies are being treated like they're just something to be ordered off of Amazon. And this couple is now treating this child that they paid to bring into this world as though they ordered, you know, a, a dress off of Amazon and got it got the wrong color. This is disgusting to me. Absolutely disgusting to me. The way life is and women are being treated so poorly in this country. And there's somebody who, and uh, there's somebody who is a key advisor and an influencer within the DeSantis campaign, and it bothers me because you can't be, and it bothers me for this standpoint. If DeSantis is so Mister Anti Woke, and he's accusing Trump of not being pro life anymore uh, because Trump didn't pat him on the back and go public and say yay for your abortion bill for the abortion bill that DeSantis signed and DeSantis is now manipulating the tax code in a way that discriminates in order to be Mr. you know parent and child why does he have one of the closest people in his campaign being half of a gay couple that rented a womb in a scenario just like this that bothers me not because this guy is gay, but because of the way this whole movement is playing out. The diminishing, the minimizing of the value of life and God's creation. 
I don't see, I don't think how I don't see how you can be anti woke and being on board with this. Am I connecting too many dots here, Skins? No, I mean it all adds up. It all adds up. Nothing, there's nothing more woke. There's nothing more woke than thinking that you know um, you are participating in the transgender movement when you're okay with with gay couples uh, renting wombs to have a baby. Because the transgender thing is all about denying. Male and female. What is male and female all about? It's about procreation. It's about male and and female coming together and the two of them being able to have a child together. That's part of God's design. That's why we were designed the way we were. Physiologically, biologically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, in every way, shape, and form. And if you are anti-transgender movement, which seeks to cancel out women and seeks to destroy the, the, the most fundamental aspect of our society, then how can you be okay with this? This is an abomination to me. And it shouldn't be supported by anybody. You can tell me I'm wrong. 888-344-1170. It's one thing to say gay people should be able to adopt. There's a lot of unwanted children out there. I'm, I'm absolutely against this use of this use of, of rent a womb. I think it's I think it's gross. Gonna take a break. We come back. Speaking of gross, what country is prioritizing patients in terms of surgeries on behalf of their uh, skin color or minority status? We'll talk about that when we come back as well. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Just a quick follow-up on the, that past story. That, that couple out of uh, Pasadena is not the first one to complain uh, that uh, they got the wrong sex of a baby. There was a lesbian couple that did the same, and they wanted to sue, thinking that they'd put the, the wrong embryo in, and, and it ended up being the, tr- being the correct one. So no mistake was made on the part of the clinic. Uh, here's what uh, the couple said. I was so furious. It felt like a deep betrayal. How the blank do you mess up that bad? They messed up something so integral. The fact that there are no legal requirements about these procedures sh- should strike fear in the hearts of parents using fertility services. Um, look, I agree with the doctor of the couple from Pasadena who said every child has value and limitless, limitless potential regardless of gender. We hope the Sanagers find love and value in their healthy child while so many across the country are struggling with reproductive issues issues um to this lesbian couple who says how do you mess up something so bad you mess up so bad when you're trying to mock god by instead of seeking a child in the correct way in which was designed by god you decide that you want to you know uh mock god and have a baby according to your own hand-picked um you know um i want to go on amazon and select what i want kind of a process again enough of that um, the American Medical Association today has stated that uh, what's it called body mass index now is racist. The body mass index, I think, is the uh, the index that shows uh, your fat to muscle ratio. And apparently when it was first designed, um, it was done by somebody in Europe. And so I guess because it was European and its foundation, that means that it's, it's got to be racist because it was not somehow designed around the concept of African Americans. What does that have to do? 
it, it, what does that have to do with anything? Either, either you've got too much fat on you compared to your muscle or you don't. What does it matter what your skin color is, skins? Can you, can you translate that one for me? It's a, everything is racist now. Everything is racist. Somebody yammering today about Juneteenth said, oh, this is just the racism we've seen going on in the last eight years. It's just worse than anything that happened with the 60s. <sighs> when, you th- when, when you think that everything is racist, then you're going to see life that way. When you, when you think a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is racist, you're going to see it that way. You know what racism is? Racism is in Auckland, New Zealand, where surgeons are now um, prioritizing the scheduling of surgeries, not on the basis of medical need, but on the basis of ethnicity of their patients, as well as their um, um, economic status. It's called the equity adjuster score. It was supposed to be, you know, you were seen based off of how severe your whatever your case was. And there was a priority based on your medical condition. Right. Like when you go to the emergency room, you might have to sit there for a few hours if you're there with, you know, a minor cut or something when, you know, somebody else comes in with a gunshot wound. Right. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be prioritized on the basis of, uh, you know, um, most severity of medical cases is something life-threatening is there you know the, i can't think of a whole lot of examples but heart attack over you know a bee sting or you know or maybe some also i think don't they don't i mean i'm don't i'm not for sure about this but i think if you're up there in years too you get kind of a more of a front of the line type of a privilege oh i would think so yeah because you know what might be a, a, a for example you get up there in age and something that's a minor cut or whatever can become something yeah. deadly when you get to a certain age. So absolutely age is a factor and it's got to be a factor in scheduling and prioritizing. Um, but to think that there, we are now anywhere in the world, uh, the highest scores, by the way, for New Zealand for ethnicity are given to Maori and Pacific Islanders, I guess, because it has to do with economic deprivation and righting past wrongs, evidently. This is dangerous. Identity politics is now going to kill people, literally. And don't think that this isn't going to come to the United States where the American Medical Association now is saying body mass index is racist and the AMA was on board with denying people proven treatments for COVID and requiring that people get these shots. But Leslie McCoonian was right. We got to step up. We got to be active about it. And we'll be active tomorrow right here. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Follow me on all the socials. 844-814-5227 is our 24-hour hotline. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.